Hi guys, doing Chile Maji listeners. This is your host, Mark Karaki. This week, we had the pleasure of speaking with the PLS Houston Malande, co-founder at Skyline Design, which is one of the more highly regarded software consulting firms in Nairobi. The conversation is a deep dive into Houston and his co-founder's origin stories and how they found each other and came to work together. Some really cool insights in there in regards to the types of people you want to align yourself with when it comes to working on long-term projects. We also cover the subject of culture and how that intersects with and continues to impact the potential of the ecosystem. All in all, Houston and his co-founders are emblematic of the type of uh, high-performing entrepreneurs that are emerging out of Silicon Savannah. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. This is the Chile Magic Podcast brought to you by Impact Africa Network. This week, we have the honor and privilege of having one of the, um, how do I call it, entrepreneurs, technologists, citizens who I have come to respect and, and appreciate in our ecosystem, Mr. Houston Malande. High praise. <laughs> no, man, but it's, it's well deserved. I believe. <laughs> um, you know, the thing about, you know, the thing that, uh, that stood out to me in the, in the few times that we've interacted has been really your. Uh, three things I would say, and they kind of uh, overlap with our own cultural values mm-hmm. as, as an organization or, or me as, a, as, a, as an individual. Um, and these are the three things are high performance, high integrity, and high collaboration. Mm-hmm. And just from what I've heard uh, about you and, and kind of the work you do, your reputation precedes you in terms of you, know, you do great work, and that's why you had the success you had, obviously, so that high performance. Yeah. The other one is just the integrity. Like you, you, everything you have said, you have done, mm-hmm. and it's in the small things that you know, you know who you're dealing with, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, as you and I know, integrity is kind of like a very malleable concept in our ecosystem. Right? Yeah. People, <laughs> it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a thing about convenience. You know? Yeah. Um, so, so I really appreciate that. And then the collaboration. You know, just always being available. Uh, you know, we've we've just. You know you're here today, right? And um, and those are the things, in my view, that uh, make an ecosystem work, especially mm-hmm. in the in the tech space, right? So, yeah. with that said, I will let you tell us, you know, a little bit about, you know, first of all, Skyline Design is mm-hmm. your company. You're the CEO and founder of yes. Skyline Design, and co-founder, co-founder. Mm-hmm. and you have a few people that you work with on this. Yeah. But yeah, tell us what what Skyline Design is and, and what you guys do. Mm-hmm. So Skyline Design was uh, kind of born out of uh, necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there used to be this gap year between high school and university where, you know, you take two years out. Um, I don't know why the system was set up that way back then, but it's just something that I'm really grateful for looking, looking back, which I'm sad that a lot of kids nowadays don't have that chance like you just go straight from high school into university without really discovering yourself during that transition period where everything is controlled and you know you 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 wake up when the bell rings you go to bed when the lights are off uh into this phase where you know you you choose your classes and you decide whether or not you want to go to class um and then you have a lot of free time to do different things you know, it's it's two different stages of life that today people just jump from stage one to stage ten. Um, I I had the opportunity to have two years where there were no expectations, as it were, um, on how I am to arrange my life or organize my life, and it's during that period that I discovered uh, code and design. So so. 
so when when I did, you know, I I guess one of my th- things about my personality is that I if I take on something, I will see it through to the end and I will try and be the best at it. So it doesn't always work because um you know, I you know, growing up, so I grew up in Eldoret and I I was a fairly short kid. I think I was among the shortest people in class. And so th- that I don't know, for someone who was aspirational but didn't know they were aspirational, it, it's almost like, okay, there's only so many ways that you can shine. And one of them is academics. So it was like, okay, um, none of the girls are <laughs> I'm looking for short dudes. <laughs> yeah, I can't make it to the basketball team. I can't play football as well as these other guys who play, you know, without shoes and they're really good at it. I... So there weren't so many things that I could do well. So you had a narrow option Yeah, um, I needed to stand out somehow. <laughs> and the one place where I shone was we will meet at the exams. At the end of time. Yeah, and, and I, you know, when... You when feel you're about, about the report yeah, card. When you're about to go home and, you know, <laughs> the top 10 are doing the sort of uh, round of honor, I'm going to be there and you're going to see me. Um, yeah, so there was that. And then also... I found that I could sketch um, really easily. And mm. so it, it was easy for me to sort of express ideas um, through sketching, whether so that was sketching that, you people. Yeah. Wrist. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, didn't have so, any, I didn't have a flexi wrist at all. But I always <laughs> admired people like that. I was like, yeah. what is this thing? <laughs> so cool. So, so, as, so again, like I was saying, it doesn't always work out. So when I went to high school, for some reason, I don't know whether it's the beans or what, but I had a growth spot all of a sudden. Um, so you know, very and, nice. Yeah. And so, so it's almost like, okay, I'm still good at this class thing, but at the same time, like, I can, dude, I, I can show up. My shoulders, like, I can... Yeah. I, 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 have, I can walk I have, in a room. I have presence a little bit. Um, That's cool. And so, so I tried out a few other things. I tried to now get on the basketball team. Uh-huh. Uh, I did my absolute best, but I, the farthest I, went, I ever went was Team B, uh, which wasn't good enough. Um, and then I tried football a little bit. I, I, I actually, I think I have really good reflexes. Um, <laughs> so you goalkeeper or what? Yeah, so I was the goalkeeper. There you go. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even then, like, you know, I, I was in Mangu and basketball was, was basketball and rugby yeah, were the big thing. things. Yeah. And then maybe swimming a little bit because I think almost the prettiest ladies were all in swimming teams. So it was really competitive. <laughs> so it's almost like guys who had been swimming for five, ten years were way better than me. Of I course, yeah. couldn't for the life of me get okay. myself to do a butterfly. <laughs> you were trying to start like, three different sports yeah. at a late stage in life, man. That's... <laughs> So, so it didn't work out. But um, uh, so after yeah. high school, when when I discovered this thing called code, and and um, actually it, it came about really weirdly because I did Microsoft Access, which is the usual part of the Microsoft packages that you do. Uh, I don't know whether people still do that stuff now. Where, where, where did you do them? Where, where just in Eldoret. Oh, okay. Um, some kind yeah, of... just there's some college in town yeah, that okay. did that stuff. Okay. So. So when we, when, you know, so you do Microsoft Word and Excel, then Access is kind of like the last one because it's perceived to be the More most complex. complex. Yeah. And I did it so well. I even made an interface for it such that it's almost like you are interacting with the interface instead of the database fields. Mm. And the lecturer was like, whoa, this is insane. 
we should do business like i can get clients because uh, this is this is really good how did you do this man um, you saw a diamond in the rough so yeah, to speak. yeah then someone else looked at it and they were like this thing you're doing i think you should look at web design i was like oh okay what's mm. web design mm. um then i learned oh actually this thing that you know i did on a microsoft program i could do it on the web and it would be accessible anywhere that's that's where kind of my interest in web design got picked and then because i became aware of that field again killer instinct killed kicked in i was like okay i'm going to do this and do this really well and be the best and then i was trying to compare at the time how say you look at yahoo.com which is nothing nowadays but back then it was huge like how do you get from yahoo.com to .go.ke websites because it's like a, i mean these guys are paying tens of millions of shillings for these websites they look really bad <laughs> why is it that no one here can do anything like this and so like one of the principles of you my saw the gap is, like right away you were like yeah. why i'm comparing with the best and yeah. i'm looking at ass what's available here and like, it's like why why what's can't the, we do this yeah. and then i just a principle of my life is i hate black boxes mm. i you know most of the time i try and understand how things work fundamentally mm -hmm. at a low level mm -hmm. so that i can either optimize them or use them in, in the best way, way possible yeah. or even change them and make them better mm -hmm. um yeah and that's the journey began and so skyline design was just actually the way the name came about was just, i was just looking for something that rhymed with design so skyline skyline design okay skyline design it is it's a cool and, name yeah yeah so that's that's kind of how it started and then i met my co-founders um around 2012 so this was 2008 i went through this sort of initial growth phase where you're sort of writing and people are discovering what your capabilities are but the more they give you work and you're working alone the more you face this challenge of especially and it happens with anything that has creativity and technology merged together mm. it's like if you can't get beyond the creative phase where the customer or the client loves what they're looking at they don't care about eventually yeah. how it works yeah. and so That's... if you have a fixed timeline mm. you always are getting more and more stressed that mm. you are not going to be able to meet your deadlines mm. and so the first co-founder that i met has a midas touch um when it comes to design and so he sort of took away that responsibility from me and i always knew that he could deliver and then a couple of uh years later i met uh another guy who uh is better than me at writing back end code and mm -hmm. so he took that away from my docket as well mm -hmm. so david kuria was the design a creative director and then Brian Wangila was the back end guy and so mm. that that trio has remained to date the core of stuff um, yeah that's yeah. awesome mm. look i love the way you even just broken it down the different skill sets mm. right that you guys bring to make this thing work yeah um, a lot of times people um, may misunderstand that mm. in terms of you know when you when you're looking at people getting into technology entrepreneurship trying to build something in this space right? we come from a society where people have had business partners by mm. convenience mm. right you know it's a friend who you somebody you know from before yeah. unfortunately technology or fortunately however you want to slice that requires skill sets right yes. it requires demonstrable capabilities mm. so you can't just get into business with yes. anybody yes. you've got to be able to kind of cover some of your yeah. your gaps yeah. so so that's really cool and you even sort of earn your respect by 
displaying your skills in real life situations mm. so if you just show up and you know you're talking about all the cool frameworks no one cares about it mm. but if you say hey um, this is how i leveraged at the time you know those codigniter or something like or laravel like this is how i got it to do what i needed it to do you know you sort of gain the respect of, of the community, the, of the community <clears throat> such that now when you're coming on board from a business point of view mm. it's not just oh we need someone to you know put up on the website as a co-founder so we look like we're big right. it's like no 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 you you gotta you're, bring you're a soldier in the mm. trenches with everyone else right yeah that's awesome so you guys kind of met you, so how did that come together? So first of all, David Curry, you bumped mm. into each other, yeah. and then by that time, had you launched Skyline? Or? Yeah, so Skyline was registered as a business in 2008 um, for the mere reason that we needed to be able to bank checks. Mm -hmm. So sometimes... Pretty important uh, reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, there's certain amount of money that, you know, if you start focusing on doing really professional work, there's certain amounts of money that begin to come in where people don't want to pay you cash. Right. It's written sure. as a check. Mm -hmm. So it was just a logical next step. It's like, okay, uh, secure a business so that you can open a sole proprietorship uh, bank account with it, which is, which is what happened. Um, but then we, the, the more um, I did it and then I bumped into David Courier and we were just taking a look at what people were putting out there. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to name particular names, but we all know the sort of web design firms that were there around the time, the, the dot service um, and, and three mice and companies like those. And we were like, okay, um, we could, we could, we could take this totally run much. these guys out of town, you know? Um, <laughs> I love the confidence. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just like, why don't we register a limited company? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. And then, so uh, right. in 2012 was, in, was when the, the company became incorporated. But okay. kept then kept the same name, and so now you know starting from the two of you, and mm. then you brought on what, what's his uh, name Brian Brian Wangila Wangila. So the three of you kind of became that you know the the, the three musketeers yes. so yes. to speak. Yes. Yes. And then now you have 40, 50? 49 as of now forty nine team members, mm -hmm. um, with about yeah. Uh, let me not break it down too much, but it's a blend. It's a blend of permanent staff who are the majority and then consultants who are dedicated full-time to client projects. Got it. Yeah. Um, so almost like a pass-through relationship where you guys... Yeah, it's almost like the difficulty with technology in Kenya is, is not that there aren't amazing people, it's that there aren't amazing reliable people. So even when people are really good at um, a particular skill set, most of the time you find that there's very few of them that have a good reputation and those who do are already scooped up by big companies mm -hmm. so the challenge for clients that want to innovate with technology for the next 10 to 20 years is that they're not able to hire every single person because hiring is really expensive um the, the cost for you know just i mean there's companies even startups that do it here the average cost for getting talent is like a thousand dollars per person um, and then you bring them on board and then our taxes are really high and you have to pay them benefits and insurance and things like that um it's it's such a large it's such a huge risk for 
for companies that are not primarily technology focused but they know that the next level must include technology yeah yeah, yeah. it's too big of a, of, a, of a it's too high of a it's too steep a climb yeah to go from okay this is what i do this mm -hmm. is the type of workforce i have mm -hmm. i understand the the unit economics mm -hmm. of this you know a personnel kind of yep. capacity that i operate with yes now you're going into a complete different dimension mm -hmm. where it's a whole new world yes and you can't stomach that in a sense yes um and and especially where you know talent talent can be you know uh, poached, poached mm. really easily mm. like to 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 take up that cost as a company where it, technology is not core to your business but it needs to become mm. um it's it's a high cost and so what what we enable our customers and clients to do is to trust us because they know us and they know we have a reputation that we must keep mm. um to enable them to find the talent because we are embedded in the culture, we know people, so we know PES. So it's a lot it's a lot easier for them to, you know, for example, give out a short term, say three to six month contract, um, to build a prototype that will enhance their business in a certain way, and for them to do it through us, such that we use our networks and sometimes even the existing uh, consultants that are already on the team. To help them do that without the sort of onboarding and offboarding yeah. costs. Makes sense. Yeah. So in essence, you're basically, for one of a better, I mean, it, this is nothing, I, I guess, new in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at uh, <coughs> developed um, business ecosystems, you know, you have IBM for the longest time had a massive consulting coming yeah. arm. I think that's probably one of most recently their most profitable side of mm. their business and then you have Accenture obviously they've built a massive yes I mean basically they are a consulting company yes. right yes. Um, and then you have also locally we have um, we have a, a few folks who may not necessarily be in tech directly mm -hmm. they might be more market research kind mm -hmm. of thing I forget who uh, you, you have a you know the big four the Deloitte's the KPMG's McKinsey's you have Andela uh, which is not more research it's more dev dev yeah but yeah it's it's essentially that. So I guess the the thing that sort of sets us apart is that our founding team is intact and our culture has been intact. And we are very slow to hire because we are literally the same way that people build companies for the long term, we build people for the long for the long term. You see companies that a company can build for the long term without caring about its people. Because I'm not sure that's true anymore. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe the, the challenge here, the challenge is the gig economy because the, what the gig economy has done is that it has um, commoditized a lot of the manpower Labor. that's required mm. for technological work. Mm. And there's even certain subsets of people in those fields, developers, designers, that are kind of proud about it. You know, the I code in boxers group, mm. um, which is amazing and which is okay. But my my gut feeling is that ultimately people need families people need to grow old somewhere where their work as it evolves still remains meaningful mm. there'll, there'll always be someone who can work twice the number of hours at half the price there's always some kid from university that you know just needs wi-fi and 
hot chocolate and they'll cold throughout the night. Mm. When you're turning 30, 35, 40, you can't compete with that guy mm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, if, you, if, you, if you take the glamour and the hype of the gig economy, a time will come when you'll pay the price because you'll realize that you didn't build any long-lasting relationships with either mentors or companies um, or with core workers or peers in your field and there will always be someone who can do it better than you. Well, yeah, you're basically you're working yourself out, out of, yes. a, of a, almost like a, a time in your life where yes. you can do something, yes. but you're not thinking, you're not planning strategically forward. Now, yeah. This is an interesting point you bring, because obviously you deal very much with the, on, the, on the front lines of, of personnel and people mm. and talent, right? Yeah. That's kind of your business. Mm. So how, what are the trends that you, you've seen? I mean, I, I think you're alluding to it here, where mm. you have <clears throat> people who eschew working at a company mm-hmm. to wearing boxes and coding mm-hmm. all night long as an independent gigist yeah. type of situation. Yeah. Is that the tension in the ecosystem? Is that, is that what, what you see? Is that where the competition lies for you in terms of this, you know, I want to be independent and do my thing and I, mm-hmm. I don't want to work at a kind of like a set kind of environment company? Is that a problem or how, how do you think about that? Hmm. Because you obviously brought it up, yeah. right? Um... Well, you can continue thinking about think, that. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's, it's not an easy question to answer because, because ecosystems are incredibly complex and people's motivations are even more complex. Just one person's brain has more conundrums than the ecosystem that they find themselves in and then the ecosystem is a bunch of brains together that are all kind of trying to figure out life. So I, I don't have one answer. But generally, if you're, to, if you're to say, what, what, what do the trends for? What do people end up doing or choosing to mm. do? How do people arrange themselves professionally, especially in the tech space, coders, developers, that whole set? What are the options they have? Yeah. But how do they see them, right? I think the way, the way I see it at the moment is that we are sort of at... Um, we are at a watershed moment where previously, which is what made you know the iHubs and the Nylabs really popular five years ago, was that you know because of the internet, people who are in pockets scattered, um, you know, sort sort of lone ranger developers, all of a sudden realize that hey, there's someone who's as passionate about JavaScript as, as I, I am, am. So and the they're just across town, yeah. you know. Um, and so it's it sort of became <clears throat> this, and I'm, I'm really grateful for you know these these are uh, sort of co-working spaces that that began to to pop up, you know, with I have being the grandfather of them all. Um, it 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 created a physical space for what was happening virtually to to happen. Right. Um, and so what that did was that people were still espousing the idea of freelancing but they could now sort of use each other to help each other get ahead quicker because now if you couldn't figure out you know how to move from ECMAScript you know 
4.5 to the next one you know you if someone else had already done it you could literally just walk over to their table and be like hey, hey how did you do this yeah yeah um but what's happening at the moment is that a lot of large companies are coming in and they know that they need to use local talent as well mm. and what's beginning to happen is that the developer role is starting to become more crystallized so initially it was just i am a coder <laughs> and that was front end yeah, back end like, web i i could so there <laughs> were no got? distinctions about it it's like okay uh, you needed to do this fine i'll do google it. it for the next you know two days and stack overflow and i'll i'll kind of hack to hack it together um so so even from say the customer's point of view they they didn't they couldn't care less right. like what kind of a coder you are just it's just it. like yeah. can, can you, you write code yeah. yeah let's do this here's the contract do mm. it but right now you know you you have microsoft here you have Google which has been around for a while uh not necessarily engaging yeah, developers yeah. too much they but they do a lot of right training right. they do a lot of training as well and just empowering the local developer community you now have Facebook here with Facebook developer groups um Amazon is setting up shop um and even beyond the normal technology companies you have other sort of uh social enterprise uh sort of startups organizations mm. huge organizations okay. not just startups, not startups okay. that are coming in to mm. sort of and empower young people to leverage technology to solve the world's problems mm. and they know from the context that they've come from mm. that if you're going to actually do a product right you will need UX you'll need a front end developer you need a back end developer mm. even front end developer there's like front end mm. front end UI only right. there's front end javascript mm. so it's like so what's happening is that talent is being sort of pulled towards these Distinct big organizations yeah, and okay. as that happens mm. because in those big organizations you have to exist with the, within that framework mm. um the people who aspire to get to that level begin to align themselves alongst those so it's a signal yes, that they're seeing yes got it which i think is awesome because in essence it's about finding an area of focus niche mm. where you can really be good yes because you cannot be all things to every to everything right mm. you can't be a what how do they say you can't be jack of all trades yeah. you, you got to be a master of something yeah and to me that's a signal of a maturing ecosystem i'm actually mm. really excited about that yeah you know because you can find the best of breed and i think it will it will it will it will be a nat- the natural consequence of that is mm. just everybody will have high high standards and expectations yeah. right because if you're working somewhere and you're focusing on a specific thing and you've mm. gotten really good mm. why would you want to, you would not be interested in working with somebody who's not equally as good yes. at what they do yes. right so i think that's that's you you have to trust that you know just like in an army that you know whoever has your six actually knows what they're doing totally um yeah that's, otherwise it doesn't function right so that that bodes well for the future of, of the ecosystem so <clears throat> talk also about kind of like your co-founders and and, mm-hmm. and how you guys kind of I guess you guys just bumped into each other mm-hmm. this is also a very important thing in terms of values alignment yeah uh how does that kind of how did that come was that did you guys sit down one day and discuss these are my values or your mm-hmm. values or how did those evolve or tell tell me about that how that came about uh the the way it happened was was more like dating than sort of business partnership mm. um 
I'm not gay. Uh, that's not what I'm implying. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think anybody took it that way. <laughs> but uh, what what I mean is that we were kindred spirit, nice. right? You. So like David Kuria, we met at a Bible study. Actually, I didn't even know what he did for mm. several months. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was the kind of guy that you know the, the way he thought about life, the things he considered important. Uh, were the same things that I I felt, mm. and then you know like we still used to use cyber cafes back back in those days. There was one big one I think on the seventh floor of um, of Norwich Union. Mm. There was one on second floor and then another one I think on seventh. So mm. this time I went to the second floor one and right there at the back, who do I find? David Kuria. Mm. And I I look at what he's doing and he had his sort of um, design portfolio open mm. and I was like. <clears throat> Dude, is is that your work? Mm. Then he was like, "Yeah, this is what I do. This is what I've done for a couple of years now." I was like, "This is insane. This is so good. Like, what can when I get web projects, can I be letting you do the design?" Mm. And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's do business." Um, and so we through that uh, something more than just an acquaintance developed. It became a friendship and. Mm. Right now, he's like I have three best friends, and he's one of them. Mm. Um, and it just made sense um, that the the things that we considered important were similar. Um, and then same thing with Brian Wangila. So Wangila, I, 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 I was looking for developers at the time, and I found that he had written an article. This was back in like 2009, 2010-2011. And he'd actually written a tutorial on how to set up your development um, sort of workspace, leveraging Dropbox, which was fairly new at the time. Mm. And he'd sort of written about how you could use that setup to basically continue your development work anywhere. So this was before GitHub and version control were huge. Um, I was like, dude, is this guy Kenyan? like he wrote he wrote this because the only articles you would find back then were you know that Tats Plus and Smashing Magazine and Bandilay Design um, and I was like dude this guy wrote an article this is insane who's this guy um, how did you come across the article where did you find it I was just googling okay yeah and then, then I found it um, <laughs> and then I there was a platform called Forest back then that was for sort of creatives and developers and the only other there were two other Kenyans on it. One was Brian Wangila and another guy called Steven Gasheru, who's now working for Brick as their front-end, one of their front-end developers. <coughs> I was like, dude, in the whole of the, like, this platform, there's only three Kenyans, me, Wangila, and this other guy. Mm. Um, so I was like, okay, this guy is definitely on my radar now. And then I, I spoke at the first WordCamp, which is a WordPress event. It was the first WordCamp in Kenya, and I was a speaker. That's where I met Eric Hassman, because he... Um, liked my talk and we kind of got to talk afterwards and then that's where I also bumped into Wangila and I was like oh okay uh, that's you uh, good mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. Uh, so so I, I met him after the event and I was just like okay so this is who we are we're just a two-man team right now we think you should join the team what do you think he was on board and he became our co-founder so I think the the fact that he had that work ethic where he could go beyond what's expected. He was giving back to the community, which he didn't owe the community anything, but there he was writing and putting it out there. And his 
his work ethic was the same, his outlook on life was the same. Um, and to be quite honest, it's been fairly difficult since that time to find people like that. Mm. But now we, we as, you, as you know, and I don't know whether we'll talk about it or not, we've kind of spun off sister companies of Skyline um, because we realize that there may not be like-minded people in our own field, but there are like-minded people who are in our same age group who are in related fields but who may not be able to start off on their own, mm. but they could leverage the networks and the brand that we already have. Um, yeah, so it just happened that we, it's almost like our, we individually each had um, an, a, a, a true north, right. and just by coming into each other's uh, sort of magnetic zones, we found that we were aligned. Right, right. Yeah, it's yeah. like a homing device. Yeah. It's like uh, <clears throat> excellence... You know, real recognize real, as they say yeah, in hip hop, totally. man. That's that's I love that because you know, if you look at ten years from now, you know, mm. people will look back and it is the people, the people who drive this ecosystem forward and do amazing things. Mm. They have a certain kind of uh, ethos. Yes. They have a certain kind of staying power. Yeah. They 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 have a certain set of values that are timeless. Mm. And when they find each other, they do amazing things like you guys are doing right now. Thanks. And <clears throat> for some reason, you know, it's like, and I always uh, look at. Uh, the potential is so huge because like you said there's, there's talent but you say but there are also people who don't have that other critical thing mm. which is integrity mm. or which is a reputation yes. right that right there is losing it's if you when, when people don't understand especially in a technology driven ecosystem mm. the power of a good reputation yeah. and, and doing good work and being good for your word mm. it is because the thing about okay so I, I, I I grew up as a professional in Silicon Valley and yeah. I, I lived this out yeah. where you didn't know who you would need to actually vouch for you right? if you're going to interview somewhere mm. or which new company is going to be blowing up. Mm. And so if you had a bad reputation, a year from now or two years from now, Slack could be on the up and to the right and you had somebody who, you, you, who joined Slack mm -hmm. and you were like, oh shit, that person knows me, mm. but you don't have a good reputation with yeah. them or whatever. Yeah. So we're going to see this happening in our ecosystem mm. and people need to start to understand because that's how you lose mm. massive opportunity yeah. because of your reputation. Because things move so fast in technology yep. and it's such a sticky community mm. and it's so transparent, right? So I'm really excited about the, opp the opportunity, but I still feel like, man, like people need to kind of get this integrity thing right, yeah. you know? I mean, what do you think? Totally. I mean, it's... Um... I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge problem, um, and to be honest, I, I, I don't know who's in charge of fixing it, but it needs to be fixed. It fixes itself. So let me tell you how it fixes itself. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's two ways I think about it. Like now we're talking about it right mm. now, right? So part of why we do this podcast, mm. part of why Impact Africa Network exists, one of our core elements is to create or be part of instantiating a culture of high performance, mm. high integrity, and high quality. That's why I talk about it all the time. Mm. Because part of it is talking about it, calling it out, and all that stuff. And then yeah. people start listening, and they're like, shit, this is some real stuff. You mm. can't hide behind rocks anymore, right? Mm. Because this is a, it is what it is. It's mm. a different time. So that's one. The other one is just people hitting the wall, right? People missing out on opportunities. People, their reputation kind of preceding them, so to yeah. speak. And then missing out on stuff. Right? Yeah. There are some people right now, for example, I've interacted with, mm. and I'm just like, yeah, you're done. We're done. It's not happening anymore. 
And so then I meet somebody like you and I'm like, we're going to be friends for a long time. We're going to do things. Yeah. But anyway, what, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think definitely talking about it sort of puts people on display and sort of shows the, the real results of having integrity. Um, I think my, 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 my challenge is that it's really hard to change people. And I think I've mentioned this to you before. Like it's, it's really hard. You can't teach integrity. And, no. and especially where, you know, if you're meeting someone who's out of university, they are 24, 25 years old. If that person has not had integrity for 25 years of their life, um, I don't know how many, forgive me for saying this, podcast episodes can convince them. <laughs> to change their yeah, ways. That they They've been going to church and the pastor ain't, ain't yeah. won't turn them. <laughs> um, so there's, so, and, and it's sort of systemic because, and this is the huge battle we're fighting on a much larger scale, not just in the ecosystem, but in the country. It's and a, the region ecosystem and the is continent. a microcosm of the thing. Yeah, because now, you know, the, a child walks out going to school. A bunch of Land Rovers drive past him, and that's the governor, who the previous night, by the way, sent their mom two thousand shillings via Mpesa, because they are that kind of governor. Like they just give money to their people instead of fixing systemic issues. They they give out money. They're buying votes early. That kid wants to be that governor. It's it's, it's like it's right? like the, the it's like the yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, what I can relate it to is. People who kids who grew up in the ghetto in the in, in the hood right yeah. in, the, in the in the states, and they see the drug dealers, and that's what it used to be like, and it's still yeah. the same way, right? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you emulate where you think status. Mm. Human beings are status seeking creatures, right? Yeah. So you say, okay, what's the shortest path between me and mm. like you were saying? Mm. You realize it wasn't basketball for you. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's the same thing. But but here's 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 how I I, I, I see what you're saying too, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I struggle with this a lot, but I I think. Human beings, okay, so for example, because tech moves so fast and mm -hmm. opportunity shifts, mm -hmm. right, within 10 years, you can mm -hmm. actually see a company go from, the timeline has shifted, has shrunk. Yeah. You see, we came, we've come from a society where things didn't change fast at all. You were born in a certain way, and M1, for example, was yeah. the president forever, yeah. right? Things didn't change. Over here now, you can find somebody coming in, mm -hmm. and, you know, they can enter the ecosystem right now, in five years, they have the fastest growing company, mm. or they're part of that. Yeah. See what I'm saying? So things change fast enough to where that feedback loop mm -hmm. is quick enough to where people can afford to recalibrate, mm. right, themselves, mm. right? I think that, to me, I think it's the speed of that iteration and the, and the shift of opportunity, yeah. and we haven't seen it yet. Mm. Let me tell you the truth. We haven't seen it. We're starting to kind of, I mean, you're starting to kind of smell it, like yeah. look at yourself, right? You can see it happening, but at, at the point where you see a, when when you see that when you see it like at scale, mm. or when it's completely you've seen it happen to somebody who came in and did something mm. multiple times, or, or, or on their way there, mm. something changes. Yeah, right. And it's why that, maybe that's why it's a little bit challenging for you to be able to kind of see like yeah, like how. Of course, you're not going to change everybody, right? Mm. But I think you need. I'm talking about the tech ecosystem, mm. the broader country, that that whole thing. If you have, you see, the people who are in tech are the ones who are going to be the business leaders of tomorrow. Mm. 
if those people have good integrity and good values and they're saying the right things on the right platforms, mm. they can counterbalance that narrative. Because who yeah. else is... Who, 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 who... Right now, it's all political. I mean, yeah. how, how do you make it now? Yeah. Right. Anyway. I think... The, so the, 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 the thing that I struggle with is that there's, there's two ways to make money with technology. One is that um, you... You build a product that people will buy as the product itself and then there's you build a product for someone else or even if you're not building it for someone else you're being funded by someone else so technology is just sort of an enabler that allows value to be created but you're living in an ecosystem where the money is not coming from tech people the if, if you create a product that solves an enterprise problem, you're, you will be paid by the enterprises. If you're building for government to make you know, government services better, it's the government that pays you. Now, if those people have too much of a stake in the way that the technology is built, then it doesn't matter whether the technology people have integrity. What's gonna matter is if we don't get this deal, we are sending people home next month and the person that's giving us the money wants things done this way. So it's, 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 again, it's messy. It's, it's a not, tyranny. It's not, yeah. It's, it's not, a tyranny of the big customer. Yeah. So speak, right? Yeah. And, and so, so, so here's the thing, right? So that's almost kind of like a, 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 an artifact of the market you're operating in. Yes. And part of that is the market operating in is relatively small. Right? I mean, we have a country of 55 million people. Mm. The government is the biggest business mm -hmm. around, mm. right? And then there's a few big companies, yeah. right? Um, I think also the benefit of technology is it's, it's very porous, right? It mm. doesn't respect borders. Mm. It doesn't respect kind of a, 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 all those things that might keep other non-tech businesses grounded, right? Mm. Because of you know, just this, the, the, what they are. Yeah. You see... And I understand where you're coming from because, in, in essence, you, you, you're coming from a world where, and, and that's the challenge of being in business, right? You're coming from a world where you got to keep your customers to keep your people mm -hmm. because you don't have a product that's kind of, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, the equilibrium hasn't, yeah. right? But I, my, my point is you're also building product, mm -hmm. right? You're also building your own IP, yeah. right? So at some point, you can sh maybe sh see yourself, freeing yourself from that tyranny of the big customer. Do you think that is in your future, potentially? Yes, uh, but only where the recurrent revenue is enough to keep the innovation going and to keep the scale going up. Because the moment, the moment you take on, and again, it's not that I am against venture capital or against external investors, but they always come with a board seat. They always come with a signature. They always come with voting power. And if those people are beholden to bigger people that you don't know about, um, something that is very good quickly turns sour. So, so again, it's, it's like a catch-22 because it's, it's very hard to scale a company only on recurrent revenue. Because you need, you need the yet, funding to buy in the next yeah, phase of and, growth. And yet the recurrent revenue is the only thing that will ensure that you maintain your integrity. So, so what are you saying? Uh, we can. What's the conclusion? <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying that I admire the 
the intentions of the Impact Africa Network. I admire the intentions of guys who are trying to change the ecosystem and the narrative. It's I, I think I'm let's say I am uh, I am bordering on pessimism just so that when things to self preservation bad <laughs> it, it allows me to have my guard up externally all the time. Um, I'm soft on the inside. I'm jelly. Um, but I have a very hard shell externally. So the people that are in my inner circle, I will go to the moon and back for them. Um, but I'm very guarded about external interests. And so all, all I'm saying is that the, to change the ecosystem is really hard. It's really hard. It must be done. This is one of the ways to do it. Um, but if we fell flat on our faces and failed miserably, I also wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> this is so interesting. I think the human, uh, the human endeavor, yeah. humanity, right, mm -hmm. is always seeking to improve its, its lot, I think, right? Um, the directionality of the human kind of like, uh, for want of a better term, uh, pursuit ha mm -hmm. has been towards progress, I would say, and improvement. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Sometimes it seems like it's not because you know you're, you're, you you sometimes it's difficult to see right yeah. because the timelines are so long right especially yeah. you know uh, the only reason I'm optimistic mm. is because of the nature of innovation and technology mm. the power of it yeah it it is a complete game changer in a ways that people don't understand let me just yeah. give you an example right mm. the classic canonical one right mm -hmm. is Mpesa mm. right. M-Pesa, the power of that thing, in terms of just moving money from Nairobi to Shags or that type of thing, is mm -hmm. very, very powerful. I mean, I'm not even sure you've done the research to understand what the social impact, mm -hmm. right? How it has shaped how people now relate or what people can do or even how families organize. Yeah. I mean, we've not necessarily understood that in a yeah. real, real sense. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I'll do some Googling and see the, the social impact. Yeah of something like M-Pesa, which has broken mm -hmm. the need, the, 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 the speed by which money can move mm -hmm. or accelerated it. Mm -hmm. um, so what that means is that technology has these other ex externality effects that you can't see until they are apparent mm -hmm. in a very, that's one thing. Then the other thing, you know, it, the nature of it is it actually, it, it does not serve the incumbents very well. Mm. In what sense? In the sense that it's a disruptive thing. Mm. Right? So if you look at the people who get technology, they're usually mm. outside the status quo. Mm. They're usually outside the incumbent scenario. Mm. Right? And they bring this new way of thinking and they subvert mm. what's already there. Mm. Right? You, and the thing is, you cannot hold back progress, mm -hmm. okay? So what's going to happen is like you're trying to hold back a wave, right? Blockchain, for example. What impacts will that have? Mm -hmm. We don't know yet. AI, what will that have? To be fair, we don't know yet. But I can guarantee you this. They are going to have massive impacts that you and I right now cannot see mm -hmm. in terms of the things we're talking about. Yeah. How we organize ourselves social, economic, politically. Mm -hmm. That's why for me, I'm hopeful. It's because we can't see around the corner, mm. but I have lived long enough in the technology ecosystem to see a thing where people are saying, this cloud thing, who? these are respected IT people in big companies were saying in mm. 2004, 2005. Yeah. 
cloud what nobody who no self no self-respecting CISO would put their data in the cloud right mm. when I left San Francisco when I left the Bay Area Salesforce which was being poo-pooed at the time mm -hmm. was had built the tallest building mm. in the one of the most expensive real estate markets in the world mm. and when they were coming out of you know when they were a startup mm. 2004 2005 that's what people were saying mm. you see once you've seen now the other thing Facebook in social media flipped the election. Mm. We're dealing with the fallout of all that right now in the States and other, other, other geos. Yeah. And these are almost very kind of like um, what we're looking at now. These are, these are old school technologies. 10, 15 years from now, we'll look at these things and be like, dude, those were kind of Stone Age things. Mm. Senor. Yeah. So all I'm saying is you have to look at it and the other thing that i that i i believe in and i'll turn it over to you here is we have an emergent demographic dividend mm. the uh, the bulk of population mm. is young mm. and it's coming onto the stage at the same time as these technologies are coming on what does that mean mm. what does that mean you know the the, the so the, the 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 weird thing is that even in our previous elections the, the young people who are the majority and look at the crop of leaders that we got like it's um, it's it's something that will take time it will take time no question about um, it and yes in, so in one sense you're very right in terms of the, the technology is a disruptor and it will it will it will cause the incumbents to rethink and it might even change the whole playing field for them. Um, the, the thing that is critical at this point is that um, those people that are incumbents, especially when you refer to governments, they have, they still wield the power to kill things in their early stages where they perceive it as a threat. So let me paint you a scenario. Yeah. In some cases, they will not see the threat coming. It's, it's true, it's true, but it, have, have you wondered why, like, the, the, the PR and marketing team for our current government is by and large young people? So the, the people who are smart about this, the guys who are consolidating markets right now, it's not them who are doing it. They're hiring the young best people to do it. So let me tell you how I see the change happening. Yeah. 10, 15 years from now, mm -hmm. right? people like you build companies mm -hmm. that scale, that take over markets, they become the captains of industry, mm -hmm. right? People are building companies right now. And these mm -hmm. things are going to become those things. And once people are financially independent and they've done it on their own and they've done it in a, in a certain period of time <clears throat> and they have developed that muscle, it's like uh, those people will be a cohort, they'll be a group, mm. right? They'll have power. You know, I've heard smart people say that the next age is going to be the age of the business leader. It's not going to be the age of the political leader. And I can tell you, for example, if you look at what, where people spend most of their time is this cell phone, mm -hmm. this mobile phone. We have not yet maximized its potential. Mm -hmm. right? That's why they shut down WhatsApp in those regimes where, you know what I'm saying? Because it is, it's, it's this thing where right now, will they pull back? The ability of mobile that's got 98% penetration, you know, all I'm saying is the mechanics of control 
may the cat's out of the bag, I think, in a lot of sense, in a lot of ways. And it's continuing to, the, the systems, just mark my words, what I'm saying is they may not be able to control things going forward. And they may even take some things on that will turn out to be detrimental to them. These people who want to create central control. I don't know. I'm, I'm optimistic. Then, I choose to be yeah, optimistic, but I, I could be completely wrong. I mean, I... <laughs> yeah, I think the, the thing that I have come to see is mm -hmm. that human beings, <clears throat> human beings are tribal and human beings love politics. Like even, it's almost like human people, beings, people, people, leave, people leave their brains at home when it comes to politics and to religion. Like I'm a Christian myself, but 90% of what purports to be Christianity in this country is not Christianity. Like you're just being ripped off <laughs> all the time, every Sunday. Um, and yet, it's doctors who are in there, it's scientists who are in there, it's lecturers at universities, it's university students. But, but like, what's wrong with you? But you see, the thing is this, if you yeah. look at the Western world, eh? mm -hmm. the church has receded completely. The church is not is not what it used to be, right? It's shrinking. True. It's disappearing. Now, you could look at that and say, and, how and does yet, that relate to and us? And yet Trump is president. This is what I'm saying. It's like even with all the <laughs> so, with all the knowledge. So let's let's focus on the tech. So so you're not wrong in the sense that human beings are tribal. Yeah. What I'm talking about first is economic development first. True. I'm focused True. on economic no, development. This was just a comment yeah. in terms of yeah. that um, I don't think the, pol the politician will lose their role because no matter what the economics are, people want to be led. People want to be told what to do. People want to be told what their destiny is. That is how the world the Human beings operate. Yeah. You're probably right. The question is this, Sam, eh? is... If you, in, in Africa, for mm. well, that's the first thing we need to do. Mm. I don't mind having a quote-unquote dictator as mm. long as people's lives are improving. Mm. I'll sign up for that China deal any time. You know what I'm saying? Like, as in, yeah. not China coming to take our stuff. Mm. What they did for their people, mm. in a sense. Of course, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a complicated story. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's about, for me, it's progress. Yeah. Politics is almost kind of like a, a thing on the on. It's like a... It's a, it's a parallel thing. Hmm. Of course, it dictates a lot of what happens in hmm. reality. But to the extent that it can be benign hmm. or it can be like just as long as people's lives are improving and economic development is happening. Hmm. Hey, dude. I mean, politics? Eh. Yeah. I think my view of the way everything needs to fit together in terms of politics, governance, culture, religion, and all of it. I don't know if you've seen... It's actually just a thought that occurred to me. Um, mm -hmm. th this movie, A Beautiful Mind. Mm -hmm. um, what's his word? Was his name Russell? I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the actor, but he's, he's really good and he portrays, you know, the Nobel laureate. Um, genius mathematician. I don't know if you've seen the movie, but... I saw it a long time ago and yeah, I, I never really got into it like that. Yeah, there's, there's this scene where, like, he's a proper mathematician and he's in a bar with his friends and a bunch of pretty ladies walking yeah. with a particular one that he kind of yes, liked. Yes, yes. And he was like, he started doing the math in his head. He was like, hmm, group dynamics. How, how do we play out this scenario in a way that ends up being successful? Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, he started thinking and he was like, okay, 
if I go straight for the main lady, she's gonna say no because I ignored her friends who are not as pretty as her, but she, they are her friends, so she'll say no for their sake. If I approach the, the other two. ladies, <laughs> yeah, then it's like, what? How could you possibly do that? Um, I'm, and the, then, I'm the queen bee. Yeah, <laughs> and then it clicked in his mind that his friends could simultaneously approach the other ladies and take them away it's from the one. Yes, and then he would come in and talk to that lady, and that's the way it played out. That's and, wingmanship. And he says, awesome. "Yeah," and he said that the way for you to have a positive, a net positive effect in group dynamics is where it isn't that every single person does what's best for themselves. It's that take every person does what's best for themselves and the group, which means. If technology is going to solve this problem, if I were to apply it in this in this sense that, you know, say for example, assume that mathematics was the technology in that situation, you have different players who, you know, there's incumbents in there, there's people that, you know, kind of control the crowd, there's others who will turn you away if you don't talk to the main person. The way technology has to function, which is again really hard to do, is that every person acts for what's best, not just for themselves, but for the group which also includes the incumbents. And if that doesn't happen, it won't happen. Ah, so you're trying to say that our incumbents, mm -hmm. right, and I'm talking more on the business side right yeah. now, uh, are more powerful than progress, that they will kill progress, or it will have to come from them in a sense. Yeah, well, it, it will have to involve them some way, somehow. Um, you know... It's and I'm not saying it's one or the other. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I think the way I see it is like some will, some won't. Mm. Um, I think you have to be smart about how you do things. Yeah. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You yeah. gotta look at every situation is unique and different. What yes. is needed here, you do. You operate in a certain way. My whole hope is that because we have a young emerging population and we have this this new kind of I guess we have we have technology that is going to reshape how we do things, how we build companies, what will survive, what will be relevant, what will be irrelevant, mm. right? Yeah. And it will, in a very real sense, shift value, right? I mean, nation newspapers are dying right now, right? They've been, you know. So who's going to yeah. take over that 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 space? The the way the way I see it is not that value will shift, but rather that new value will be created, um, that will make present value dwarf in comparison but who's whoever owns that though who's gonna own true, that the people that are thinking on their feet and those are not the incumbents exactly yeah and that's my point so mm -hmm. if you have those people like who build the, those new megaphones or those new platforms or whatever they are that have influence power or whatever mm -hmm. my hope is that those people can come from a, a way of thinking mm -hmm. that is progressive that is inclusive mm -hmm. that is not full of what we are familiar with yeah that's my that's the way i see a chance to create some change yeah. where people are not co-opted into the status quo mm. and taught how this is how you gotta behave mm. if you want to survive and live and have what you're looking for yeah you know if people have built their own things outside of the status quo then they're independent yeah that's my only that's how i see it well, short of you having a code of conduct that those people need to sign, like it's, <laughs> it's, so do you, do it's, you think, it's do you very, think it's, it's, it's 
so much in flux. It's almost like you can never pause time and be like, okay, we've done it. Because um, even those people could flip. Those people could change. <sighs> you're not you're not optimistic about our future, bro. I <laughs> and you I'm just realist. I know that the world is messy. I know that by and large, human beings want to move forward. But again, there's you know there's this yeah, book, there's book there's this book about you know the human the, the laws of human stupidity and one <laughs> one of the laws is that you know people non-stupid people always underestimate the, stupid the stupidity <laughs> of stupid people <laughs> um and and stupid people cut across every demographic <laughs> and stupid people do what's bad for other people and sometimes even for themselves like it's that's the definition of so bad <laughs> yeah um and it's everywhere so, oh so i'm just i'm just like <laughs> your man it's so it's like it's harding baboon <laughs> like you it's it's so Mr. hard it's so hard yeah, to listen, do it man, I, I, need, I need to get you i need to send you support some uh, some some youtube videos from Sadhguru. there's this guy called Sadhguru. you know what Sadhguru? no so Sadhguru is actually an amazing he's, he's a he's a mystic he's a he's a he's a yogi yeah and this dude right here he is single-handedly changing the destiny of india mm. right? or at least putting it angling it in the right direction Hmm. I mean, I'm talking about a place of 1.2 billion people. In what measurable sense? I'll send you the videos. Okay. You watch what this guy okay. is doing. <laughs> and then we'll go from there. Okay. You need some sad guru. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need, I need to hear all hey, that. Hey, man, listen. You and I can philosophize all day long. I'm on the side of optimism. <laughs> listen. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah. shit, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta believe in something. Yeah. Right? Because, um, and not just air, right? Mm. But you gotta say this plus this maybe equals to you know, that, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. And uh, we didn't even go into your business yeah, and all yeah, that but stuff. It's, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> we have to, you have to come for part two so we can go into the mechanics of how you guys have set up and okay. what you're doing. And, yeah, sure. Because I think that's super valuable. Um, cool, cool. But uh, we're, at, we're, at the, we're at the end of our session today. No, that, that's, that felt too short. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming through. And yeah. Uh, yeah, everybody, that's the end of the podcast for this week. And uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Cheers.